So tonight, this podcast recording is all about an amazing, amazing story. And I am privileged and proud to be able to share this story uh, and welcome Scott onto this podcast um, because it is uh, an amazing story that came really, really close because Scott is not just a random Scott. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was also one of the Ice Dream Radio resident DJs. And that's how we first came into contact. Um, He joined the radio station, I believe, in 2022. Uh, I think it was 2020, maybe, I think. Were you a data, uh, were you a data transmission? Was, yeah, it was That's there, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, was maybe okay. Pre, 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 maybe just pre-COVID, I think maybe 2020. That's right. So, yeah, you were probably at data transmission, so back in 2021. Then you came with us to iStream. Yeah, 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 sure did. um and and so we are we came to 2022 um iStream radio was actually launched in january 2022 um and then we fast forward to an email that i received or in april 2022 keep saying 2022 (laughs) um and it was a you know, I was just sitting in this office where I am right now. I'm broadcasting live from iStream HQ. This is my office. This is where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was sitting here and I just dropped in an email. But it's an email like you don't normally get. Um, and I was just dumbfounded when it dropped in. And it's always just a, such a shocking thing. Like I'm, I'm a real em- empath, and so like as soon as I hear anything difficult and traumatic for anybody to go through, my heart just drops out. Um, and that's what happened when I received this email. So in this email he scott apologized and scott is from i should welcome you properly and tell everybody where you're from and 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 where you are Uh, scott is scott menzies he's known as mendes in his dj alias and you're from dumfries is that right uh i'm from fife so it's oh sorry yeah 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 yeah. it's not far (laughs) five in five in scotland so in scotland for all our international viewers and listeners, I'm down south at the bottom of England, and Scott is right up the top in Scotland. Yep. Yeah, the very top. <laughs> very top. So in this email, Scott uh, said to me that he was very sorry that he'd missed the last month's show um, because he'd been off sick. And I was like, yeah, no, no, there's no problem. Uh, but then he told me the awful news that he had been diagnosed with a stage four lymphoma cancer at the age of 29. I can't imagine what it's like to get that news, Scott. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, um, pretty uh, uh, speechless, to be fair. Um, the way that I kind of found out as well wasn't wasn't they always the best? Um, I kind of got diagnosed over the phone. Um, wow! So, uh, that was over the of, phone? Oh, because of COVID? Because of COVID? Yep, yep. So it was still like kind of COVID certain kind of COVID 
sort of times, if you like, um, where it was just, you know, they didn't really, you know, do much face-to-face. Everyone was dealt with pretty much over the phone. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. From start to finish, even trying to get to see the doctor was 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 a nightmare uh, to start off with, um, and just get into that that diagnosis as well. Um, this was a big problem at the time, wasn't it? Because anything that happened around, you know, from the start of the pandemic ongoing, everything that's been virtual, people haven't been able to see each other, and when you're getting that kind of diagnosis, who who were you with? Uh, I was with my family at the time because um, I was kind of waiting on the phone call. I'd been sitting for, you know, maybe right. a few months um, with a lot of worry um, and a lot of uncertainty of what was going on. So do you want to, you know, you go for it. This is this is all about your story. Do you want to take us a little bit back to when you yeah. started to feel ill? And... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll take you right back to the start. Uh, so about two years ago, uh, about this time, uh, October 2021, uh, I, had, I, I had a bad back. Uh, it was really, really painful, and I never really, you know, go to the doctors or, you know, for anything. I'm quite, you know, like, you know, I'll try and avoid the medication if I can, um, you know, where where need be. Um, so the the back pain was just too much to to bear. So I ended up going to the doctors a couple of times about the back pain. They just fogged me off with uh, quite a lot of medication and um, stuff that I never took, believe it or not. And right. Just yeah. Friend and bear the pain. It got to a point where it was just too much, um, you know, even just you know working and stuff like that was, you know, but they put it down as sciatica. Right, uh, so I've that had was, that. Yeah, so I, you know, obviously didn't have it before, so I had no back pain, you know, no prior, you know, back pain or pain, you know, chronic pain. Right. So I was, you know, obviously sure, you know what to, you know, I was just getting told that it was, you know, sciatica or whatever, um. So just you know, got the medication, went with that. Um, and then it wasn't until, you know, about maybe Christmas time um, 2021, um, I felt ill. Uh, what was to believe at the time was to be COVID. Right. Um, but whether it was or not, um, right. it was a bit different. Uh, but I was, you know, pretty ill. Um, and I believe that it um, brought sort of the underlying uh, condition out uh, in me uh, after I'd felt ill at Christmas time. Uh, and then leading into the January, uh, I went to the doctors. Uh, but the night previous to going to the doctors, I had a high temperature. Um, nice. Still, at this point, you know, I still had the back pain. It was still unbearable. So, uh, you've got, so at, the, at this point, you've got really unbearable back pain. Yep. And they think you've got COVID. Do you have? Did you have COVID symptoms? Um, so I had COVID symptoms apart from... When I first went to the doctors in January, I had a lump on my neck. So this was after I'd had fell ill at Christmas. I'd got better. Right. Weeks later, I had the temperature again, uh, lumps on my neck. My girlfriend said, "You know, I think you've got COVID again." So I went to the doctors, and they said that I, they reckoned I had COVID, uh, which was strange because it was lumps on my neck that I had. So or, yeah, that's not uh, a COVID symptom, is it? That's not a COVID symptom. Um. And they also reckoned uh, pneumonia. So bearing in mind at this point, it's the, the time where you're still not seeing a proper doctor. It was a nurse, um, you know, practitioner that was, you know, yeah. taking yeah. appointments and stuff like that. And even to get to go to that appointment was, it was bad enough. Um, so she was, you know, assessing me over rather than it being a doctor. So um, we didn't get to go to hospital at all around this time. 
No, no, not about this time. Um, when I first went to the doctors, I had the high temperature. I think I was reading about 39 or something like that. That's what made them think it was COVID. Um, it was extremely high. Um, really and high. I know when I've got a temperature, it just I'm quite, you know, my temperature's on the lower side. So I always know when I've got a temperature as soon as I wake, you know, like I feel well, I feel it coming on. Um, and I've never felt, you know, as quite as bad as I did at that point. Right. Uh, temperatures and stuff like that. It was quite, you know. Scary. Quite, yeah. So when I went, you know, they said COVID, uh, they said pneumonia. Uh, I got some sent away to go and do a COVID test, um, which I did, which come back negative, obviously. Um, and I ended up getting some antibiotics. They started, they, they, didn't, they didn't actually do anything at all to me. It was the next course that made me feel slightly better. So I took the first course um, and nothing changed. I didn't feel any better. You know, none of the lumps were away on my neck. <laughs> um, nothing like that. Mm. Um, so I ended up going back the following week. Um, I went back for some bloods, I think, early on early on in the week. I think it was the Tuesday. And this was the tail end of the week before when I first right. went. Um, and then I went the following week early on, went to Tuesday, um, got some bloods done. They come back with white high uh, blood cell count, which just refers to them as, you know, which they see as infection. Right. Um, so that was why, you know, where they come from with the pneumonia and stuff like that. Um, so that was why I got the antibiotics. Um, and after I went for the bloods, they sent me for uh, immediate chest x-rays. Uh, so I went for the chest x-rays. They were showing some abnormalities. Right. Um, in, my, in my lungs. So this was another... Um, phone call um, from the doctor um, wow. to say that it could be lung cancer or HIV mm. over the phone as well, um, which obviously <laughs> you didn't really know what to say when somebody tells you that over the phone. Um, oh, no, no. I know when somebody tells you face to face, but, um, you know, so, you know, they were concerned from the x-rays um, uh, obviously having thought it was lung cancer or you know HIV. So what date was this? This was still in the January. So this was the the January um twenty twenty two. So yeah. 27th of January roughly about that time. Right. Twenty twenty two. Um I was kinda like in and out of the doctors quite often for the X rays, the bloods, the antibiotics, um um kind of back and forward. Um still not really getting any answers at the time. Um and then when I got the chest x-rays and they told me that they changed my antibiotics. Um, so when they changed the antibiotics, I started to take them. And strangely enough, I started to feel better. Right. Uh, well, so, yeah. And they were just, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> they right. were obviously making, and then go away, but they were just making me feel better. Um, so well, started, yeah. <clears throat> antibiotics can do that. You know, they'll make you feel a bit better, but if it's not curing it, it's going to come back. Exactly. Obviously, yeah. As soon as yeah. as soon as you finish taking those antibiotics, so you've yeah. done like a course of antibiotics for two weeks or something yeah. like that, yep. and yep. then and then you're uh, so you're now in kind of February time. Yeah, yeah. So take going into February, um, it was I went for, uh, sorry when when I'd done the second round of antibiotics and started to feel a bit better, I phoned the doctors back and. I'd explained, obviously, you know, I'd felt a bit better um, and they, you know, advised me just to, you know, keep, you know, obviously eating properly and looking after yourself because, you know, that's just as good as, or just as important as the medicine. Um, yeah, they, they did can, tell you that. That's good. Yep, yeah. Yep. 
So, um, so they, you know, she told me that to be fair. So I tried all that, um, but I'd already been referred to to the hospital by right. that point. Um, for um, I think it was a a lungs specialist appointment because of my abnormalities that were shown in my lungs. Um, and by that point, obviously, you know, feeling a bit better and stuff like that. You, you know, I was thinking about going back to work. Uh, right. off weeks. Um, so I thought about going back to work. Um, and I thought about never going to the appointment. <laughs> and believe it or not, because you know, obviously, I was You're feeling better feeling yeah. better um, and you know I'd been back and forward all the time and by that point you kind of drained and fed up with it and I still wasn't feeling 100% I knew that but um, you know I didn't really think too much of it at the time um, so yeah after that um, I think, uh, yeah after they'd been referred to the lung specialist appointment that was actually on my birthday when I went to go to that appointment so, so, when's, your, so when's your birthday? Uh, 23rd of February, so... 23rd of Feb. Yeah, 23rd of February, so um, I went on, on that. Not a good birthday present. No, so that was another reason why I didn't want to go, because <laughs> um, I didn't want that to be tied to... Spoil your birthday and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of is now, unfortunately, um, you know, because there was another scenario where I was at the hospital at the same time. Um, so, unfortunately, I tie that with my birthday now. <laughs> um, but... Sometimes Never. these things are just written. Yep, yep. So there was there was no uh, there was no consideration for it. That, you know, actually, your date of birth all the time, so you think they would know. <laughs> um, I, sometimes so. I think these people just don't clock in. They're kind of doing the job and just going yeah, through it, it, and they just yeah. It's yeah. A... Yep. So pretty bad news to get on. Uh, you know, on my birthday. Um, or sorry, when I went on my birthday, um, you, you know, the news was at the time. Um, it could be a condition called sarcoidosis, um, which is just basically like a, a minor's, you know, like a, a, a condition right. of the lungs. Okay. Um, so my breathing had been affected and obviously my x-rays were showing abnormalities in my lungs. Um, so, the, the, you know, they said the sarcos, sarcoidosis could have been, you know, the, the reasoning behind, you know, me being unwell. Um, but also the other one was the cancer. Um was also told to me on my birthday <laughs> and it could be um, and they referred me that day for a lymph node biopsy right so everyone at that time was pretty slow um, it was like everyone was two weeks you know it was like 14 days 10 days seven days it was you know just a constant waiting game it feels like a lifetime as well when you're waiting yeah. for the doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, considering I've never, you know, been in the doctor's much or stuff like that before, I'd never really been, you know, where ill um, right. much yeah. before. So I'd never, you know, experienced that yeah. whole traumatic process. Yeah, yeah. Never experienced, you know, any new doctors in the new hospitals or anything like that. So yeah, it was quite a shock um to the system. Um uh, well, you're trying to feel like you're in shock when you're moving through that whole period it's like people think of shock sometimes as something that just happens you know it's kind of the shock comes and then it kind of stays and it carries on uh while you're throughout that traumatic process it's just kind of it's like shock waves yeah yeah like just one, never... one day you're feeling oh, okay and then it's you know I'm, I'm still riding that shock wave yep yeah, yeah, you just never, you know, just never sort of leaves you. You know, you're, you're just, you're constantly like, you know, you're feeling 
you know, I was feeling very unwell as well. So you just want to get some sort of answer, you know, and yeah. it's just like dragging you on. And, and yeah, you kind of really get to that point where you just, you know, obviously get to... So basically at this point, the news is getting worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, nothing's getting better at that point. And yeah. you're getting referred to, you know, more at the hospital for, you know, more uh, tests or more, you know, you know, discovering what's going on. Um, lymph node biopsies are, are not very nice um, for anybody that's had one. Um, so they just basically stick a, so they have like a, a long needle um, that basically goes right into your lymph node. Um, oh. And oh. You're, I'm you're, so screaming. <laughs> so you're right when you're getting this done, but you know, it's straight into the lymph node and they'll just take a wee sample. Um, but you know, this is on you, so uh, you know, nobody's really, you know. It, yeah, and it's so scary, these kind of things. Like, yeah. It's, I'm so squeamish. I, you know, I don't know how anybody is a doctor or nurse because I'm, you know, I can't do blood, I can't do guts, and I'm very, very squeamish. And I think it's, you know, I just feel people's pain. So I just like it gives it actually puts me on like kind of edge when I understand people are having to go through stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, as you know, you're just gonna, you when in that situation. You know, you I'm just got to go, I, haven't you? Just yeah, yeah. I was the same. I hate you know, all that kind of thing, and you know, it's just it's all new. So it's just it's it's yeah. You've just got to go. You know, go for it. Um, and are you normally a are you generally a brave person? Would you call uh, yourself a brave person? I know you. I know you Scottish guys. Are you know you you're made of tough stuff. Yeah, can be like could be. Um, yeah, from time to time, depending on you know what it is. Um, you know, you just kind of put on a a, a face and kind of you know go for it when you know. You got to You have to dig deep at these points of into yeah. your like courage and your and like right. I've just got to find yeah. out, face it, whatever yeah. it is. I've got to do. I've got to do it. Yeah, I don't know how I'm sitting here today. To be honest, um, just yeah, you just kind of got to go for it. It's it's you know it's. You just you just switch into survival mode instantly and just you know it's like do I, I do know the feeling yeah 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 just you know survival mode and yep so uh, so so you get a phone call with the final diagnosis is that what happened or yeah so after the lymph node biopsy um it must have been about fourteen days I think um. That it took, I think it was Tuesday, March the 10th, I think, sometime around then, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think it was like maybe 14 days or so, maybe a long, bit longer than that. Actually. This I is around about the time you emailed me just after this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for, 14 working days, I think it was, I'd waited because I think they say 10 maximum bank and maybe waited a couple of extra days. Um, and I think it was March the 18th that I got the phone call with the diagnosis, um, March 2022. Yeah, so March the eighteenth. Yep, March the eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. Yep. So that was it. You were sitting with your family. So yes. your, your mum, your dad, your girlfriend. Yeah, my mum and dad. My mum and dad. My girlfriend. Uh, she wasn't here at the time. She was working, I think. Um, right. But we were, you know, I'd finished. I think I got sent home from work. Actually, I think. Um, maybe so you're home. back at work at this point, still. Um, I think I went back for. Uh, couple of days in between and I'd been sent home and then the last week leading up to diagnosis I went back for the whole week and and then I was off <laughs> and then I think I was uh, I think I was back the whole week and then on the Friday I got diagnosed with stage four and 
and I'm still in my work. <laughs> Don't know how to manage that, but that's quite amazing. That shows you are made of stern stuff. <laughs> yeah. But also that you know you should have probably been resting and you're just carrying on, which is yeah. what an awful lot of people do. Yeah. When lot. you think, oh, well, I mean, you know, a lot. We all kind of think we're invincible. Yeah. Until yeah. something like this happens. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of symptoms. A lot of my symptoms were, um, you know, uh, night sweats, right. uh, back pain, and the fever was was part of you know the night sweats, um, and yeah, just you know, just felt overall just you know run down. I wasn't you know the right color. I was white. I was grey. Um, just... And this is the key, isn't it? Because nobody knows really ourselves better than ourselves. Yep. Um, you can go and see a doctor for an hour or fifteen minutes or half an hour and go, oh, I've got this or I've got that. Yeah. But th these symptoms, and so these are the symptoms, you know, at the end of the day that anybody should look out for when all of these kinds of symptoms start to add up. Yeah. You know the the lumps in the leg, uh, the lumps in the neck, the night sweats, the fevers, the bloods. They're all of these things are starting to add up to going shit. There's something seriously wrong. Yeah, I would never say you know put it off because I was one that was you know you know I I had a lump on my neck. My my dad said he's like, I always get lumps on my neck. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Do you know? Um, yeah. Like you know, just listen to your body and just you know go and. I think men in general are much worse than going to the doctors and addressing things in traditional, you know, I, I know that's a complete stereotype and, yeah, yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. but traditionally, say? Yeah, 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 no, 100%, I would agree with you there. Yeah, 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 I would yeah. say that, you know, I put it off um, just because, you know, you just you just think, oh, I'll be all right, I'll be all right in a couple of weeks, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just a cold or... You know, it's just you know something that I could shift. You know, it was you know I never expected it to be as as serious as it was. Yeah. Um, to, you know, diagnosis. Mm. So when they give you the diagnosis, you know what what do they say? What what they just give you the diagnosis and go, we'll be in touch, or? <laughs> um. So yeah, that was a uh, you know he to be fair he was he was he was quite helpful where the questions I did ask um. Uh, when he diagnosed me, uh, I had asked a few things like, you know, what's, you know, what is, you know, what's the next step? Yeah. Uh, you know, I says, look, I've been feeling a bit better. I'd been taking, I actually remember saying I man had been taking the uh, ibuprofen and paracetamol when it was making me feel better, but, you know, they were just managing the symptoms. It was like, yeah, you know, numbing. Yeah. He explained to me, it was like just putting a plaster on it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, basically he said that there was a couple of you know uh, nursing doctor that was going to be in touch um, on the following week, um, which they did, um, and it was followed up by a a, a meeting. Right. Um, you know, just like you know where to go, you know from from there, um, which was leading on to like scans and stuff, uh, more bloods. Uh, and just other few things and stuff like that as well. Just a lot of medical things and that in the background that you didn't really understand that really kind of happens, um, you know. So, um, yeah, so so here you are with this diagnosis and suddenly everything's falling into place for you going, I'm, right, now I know what's wrong with me. Now I know all of this that's happened. I've got the doctors on the phone. Where does cannabis oil come in? 
Amwen. Okay. Kind of myself well comes in pretty pretty soon after uh, diagnosis, uh, to be fair. Um as soon as I got diagnosed, uh, I think I went from I think I went for the following meeting on the Tuesday, uh, March the eighteenth is a Friday, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um I went for the, the meeting on the Tuesday and I think I pretty much started the cannabis oil after that meeting pretty much straight away. Right. And so, so was, how did you know about it? Where tell us how this how uh, how you got this diagnosis and you're being told obviously all the normal NHS medical profession things and then you know somehow that there's a lot of uh research and a lot of things been done I would imagine you somehow found this out with cannabis oil and its effects on cancer so tell us tell us about your um how how did you know you know were you a smoker what um yeah so i was a recreational smoker to start off with right um, in my younger days just as you know daffy you know boy just as you do i think uh, most yeah. people i think most people have been haven't they yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> we're all young ones so um so yeah that was kind of where i you know being introduced you know to it from you know before right uh, but where it all started for the for the oil um mm. was was my uh, my dad's friend um who uh, used oil and cured right. his diagnosis. Right. Um I'd also heard about So when when did he when was he using it? Do you know how long had you known about this? Um so he was just recommended it from somebody else. Um but I knew from you know other people as well, you know, of right. it. Um, yeah, and yeah. just you know through people that were you know recreational smokers etc and that right yeah know, in the cannabis that. world yeah yeah just having the understanding and the knowledge of it so they they kind of introduced me to it as well um so i just you know had a wee bit of an understanding and a wee bit of knowledge right and i knew that obviously it helped you know people in in my situation yeah so after that i started to do some research um and i dived into it a wee bit more um, a few people reached out to me as well um, after my diagnosis and um, wow. I didn't tell too much you know, I didn't broadcast it but I did, you know, obviously close people to me so they right. used um, passed over some useful information that other people had used right. um, as well yeah, and I know people the that other were, success stories basically other success stories, other people that were you know, using with success at the time um, you know, other people that were, you know uh, you know, in a situation like myself, but you know, we're willing to help and just kind of pass over any information, uh, just so that you know I had the knowledge. You know, I wasn't, you know, totally like, you know, blind. You know, going in and kind of help me out because I I changed my diet and everything and that straight away. It's and so then, massive that isn't it though? When other people that have gone through similar or the same uh, kind of diagnoses get in touch. You know, first of all, that's really important. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that was my producer. Um, so yeah, it's really important when people get in touch because that resonance of they've been through it. Yeah. Is so vital at that time because it's something that you know, not not everybody's gonna go through. No, that's it. Um, um cool. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, that's what I always say is, 
you know, there's you know the doctors and stuff like that. They they, they learn, but they do so much on you know, some you know they do so much and you know a lot. So they have to take in bits. You know, it's only like you know two hour lectures for this this you know different things. You can't pass on experience. Eh, sorry, you, you know you can't teach experience. You mm. know you can pass on you know my experiences and my knowledge and stuff like that to to, to the next person, but. You know, you can't teach them to have the experience of what somebody that's lived it has. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, being able to share that story. So so was it a particular dosage? Was it a particular strength? Where did you um, find it? You know, was it, was it from these recommendations that you kind of knew um, what kind of strength you needed? Or yeah, I mean, how it worked? Just try to, you know, get, you know, the, the best, you know, you know that I could find at the time, um, and right. reached out to me and helped me out and uh, at that time, yeah. Um, as well, um, and I just to uh, to be honest, I pretty much hit it hard straight away. Um, yeah, <laughs> there was uh, there was no there was no minimum dose, um, right. but yeah, pretty much none. You know, none to lose. Um, so you know, I just I just you know pretty much got you know stuck right into it straight away. Um, you know, I was taking it every day. Um, you know, it was about the only thing I could say that was maybe making me feel, you know, a bit better at the time with the symptoms. Um, so you you had an immediate, you know, feeling that it was doing something good. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, better sleep and stuff like that. So from you know before even taking the oil, um, with being a recreational smoker, I'd stopped smoking when they told me that I had pneumonia, so I stopped smoking. Right. at the time yeah. and I was smoking as well, uh, you know, as well. So mm-hmm. I uh, tried to, you know, use because I had, you know, terrible sleep and I couldn't sleep. So I was, you know, like, I'm going to try and give myself a good night's sleep. And I did use one or two nights before um, the oil ever, you know, was used. And it was the only thing that took my symptoms away. So the night sweats and stuff like that were the only, were the, it was the only way that they were stopped was, you know, by me using cannabis at night before bed mm. um, there's there's nowhere online that you know could tell you how to stop night sweats um, they tell you it's nothing to worry about uh, mm. as well when you when you look online as well but you know obviously I was you know some very worried about with my symptoms um, but it was the only the only thing that stopped my symptoms um, prior to taking the you know the oil as right. well right um, apart from you know like I said about the the, the paracetamol and the ibuprofen with the, with, the, with the temperature but the sweats would still be there, so they would, you know, yeah, it was, it was yeah. Soaking, you know, dry and, and it, my towel. <clears throat> Babe, I'm menopausal, so I know exactly what hot sweats. Yeah, so it was Alfredo. So, uh, yeah, eventually, like when I was using that, it was you know relieving my symptoms, uh, and then when I was using oil as well, pretty much straight away, uh, you know, promotion or promotes, you know, promote sleep, and um, so better night's sleep. Um, I was eating better as well because uh, I hadn't really been eating, um, you know, leading up to that point. So you, basically, you've had to kind of change your diet at this point, yep. change your smoking habits. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're necking as much oil as possible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Neck as much oil as possible. Uh, all the all the all the sugar um, or all the all the you know the. The bad stuff pretty much went straight away. Um, it was probably like the, you know, the quickest I've probably ever, you know, thought. So about. I, I, I'm a great, I'm a great believer that the, it's the bad food that gives us cancer. 
Yeah, well, a lot of them. And I'm not saying that it did for you, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, an advocate for a healthy, balanced, home cooked food. Yeah. And and a balanced diet. And one when I was very young, my mother said, "Don't eat processed food because it's full of sugar and salt." Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's for sure. And I've kind of not, and it's touch wood. Yeah, I've been pretty healthy. Uh, <laughs> not tempting fate, but yeah. But this thing with the diet as well is a really important thing because at the end of the day, it's everything that you do, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. and so you know, the cannabis oil being that kind of medicine, plant medicine. Yep. Yep. That is potent, strong, and medicinal, and yep. Across the world, especially in the States, because, you know, we are in England right here. Um, but having been to the States many times and having many friends over there, you know, it's a whole different world now over there when it comes to cannabis. Yeah, it's changed. And the, and the medicinal, you know, the medicinal effects from everything from arthritis to uh, uh, depression to anxiety to absolutely everything cannabis has been prescribed over in the states <laughs> so and you know there's some amazing factories where you can go in over there and they can go in and they're actually testing what you are like and go right this is the strain for you and this will they do this and if you want to get rid of your arthritis pain i have a problem with arthritis and and they will actually be able to kind of just prescribe exactly what strain, exactly what oil. It's like a proper scientific, amazing, you know, ama- amazing thing that is going to come onto the re- the whole world in the end. Because at the end of the day, it's just a plant, isn't it? Yeah, just a plant. And that's where you know, and obviously, it's so it's CBD oil, isn't it? Right that's yeah. the cannabis oil which doesn't have thc in yeah so cbd oil is obviously don't like, get high yeah don't get high so that's your on the market or like or your, your you know you can buy over the counter stuff but your your your, your yeah. oil i took was your thc are you took the thc high th- strength high, high strength thc <laughs> type no for, fucking yeah, yeah. about <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 cbd um well not to say that cbd it does have yeah. benefits um but but, but you're you not scared want, of THC. Nah, you want the THC <laughs> for, 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 you know, obviously, you know, curing or, or, or treating. But all of it, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you need the THC in it as well? Yeah, yeah, you need the THC there, yep, yep. It yeah. needs it, right. So yeah, it's high strength, you know, it's, it's full plant extract, um, about 80%, and it's just, while well, you say that, um, my mum's got arthritis as well, and she she uses it for for arthritis, and, and she gets, you know, good results. Um, yeah. We're, we're, we're paying management and and you know management of of our yeah. right uh, with that as well just while we said that there um so but that's it so right so we are full cbd thc full strength 80 percent. let's go you've been diagnosed you're on the oil what are the doctors saying to you um so to be fair i never seen them and um, so when i started treatment i think it was the 6th april um and I did, you know, my first cycle. It was pretty rough. Um, so this the, chemo. Yeah, chemo, chemotherapy. Um, so it was 
uh, four rounds of done in total, but this was the first round. So the first round made me extremely ill. I'd never experienced anything like that before in my life. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I had to get a lot of like anti-medication, so anti-sickness medications and stuff like that um, the first time I went. But I went in unknowingly. You know, I had no, no preparation for, um, you know, going in on the first day. Didn't know what I was going into. Obviously, having leading up to that, I'd been really busy with a lot of doctor's appointments, a lot of x-rays, bloods. Uh, so, you know, I hadn't had a break by this point, and then it was straight to treatment, straight into treatment. And I think I sat there for seven hours the first day um, on a on a drip, um, eight or maybe eight hours, I think, which is a wee bit longer than most people. A lot of people were coming and going. Right. I was sitting there, so people would come at the same time as me, get the treatment, and then they would, you know, go around. And, and then, why were you having to sit there? Because it's the first round, or? Uh, just because my treatment palm is more intense, so they right. hitting you harder. Um, you know, not to say that, you know, there isn't any others that are intense. But they, because it was at stage four, they were trying yeah, to go in hard. Yeah, hitting with the intent to, obviously, you know, you know get rid of it. Um, so hold on one second. It's are you sure it's not just you? No, I'm sure. Every... I'm on, um, uh, the video just stopped. No, we're back. Sorry, the producers just stopped us, but we're gonna start again. Good to go. Okay, thank you, producer. It had pause, we'd had a rumble pause, but we're back. Solid. <laughs> um, so where were we? So, yeah. um, your seven hours chemotherapy, yep. first intense treatment. Yep, first, first day. Um, yeah, it was there really one day, day, seven hours. Feel like you've died already, basically, when you come out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't walk out, um, I was wheelchair. Oh. Oh, oh my god. Um so I had a lot of uh, like the last everything was fine right up until maybe the last ten minutes and then I think I got up uh or maybe I'd been sick and then I think I got up and went to the toilet before I left and I actually couldn't walk out. I was that I was that floored um oh from it. They just kind of nuke you, basically, don't they, with chemotherapy? Yeah, pretty much. And this by this point I had no well, I didn't have any oil at, at that point in the day. You know, right. obviously knowing what I was going for, um, right. take at night mostly. Um, you know, leading up to that point, you know, I'd been taking it, you know, during the day, you know, at night. Um, but at that point, I was like, I'll just take it at night because I wasn't sure what to expect. So, you know, I had no oil that day, but uh, so the side effects were uh, pretty grim. Um, and then I went home that night. Must have got home about half past. Eight, something like that on the on the first night and then it was back to treatment straight away the next morning at seven o'clock oh um, my god. for the same again oh my god um, so how many times did you do that and uh, so i did on each cycle was three days uh on the first uh, week um, and it was all seven to eight hours days and then i did the following wednesday for two hours um and then that was me for like two weeks break in between and then I would go back and start my next cycle. So So did you go back to the second cycle? Well, the second cycle was halved. Um after the first cycle, 
um, they were due to give me medication, which is to re grow your blood cells and white blood cells and stuff like that, just because your your immune system's so it's so hard. Um, uh-huh. They give you injections to you know start the white blood cells again. Um, but they hadn't given me these twenty four hours after chemotherapy like they were meant to. They gave me them five days later. Oh, that's, they, that's helpful then. Yeah, so they told me to take them five days later. So um, on the Sunday, I was admitted to the hospital with sepsis. Oh, after, my God. After that. Uh, so they did openly say that it could have been related to, you know, the, the missed um, injections. Um, but, they, you know, they can, you know, say it was for certain uh but when I was in with the sepsis, I was in for the ward for three days um, on a lot of antibiotics. So do they, did they think the chemo had caused it? or I think the chemo can cause, um, I, I can't remember, neutropic sepsis, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, uh, but they, they said that it can be related to treatment or obviously they missed um, injections. Oh my God! So, so you've gone in there with stage four lymphoma cancer. Now you've got sepsis. You feel yeah. like absolute death. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're in trying... hospital. How long you? So you're in hospital for how long with sepsis? Uh, I think it was three days, four nights, maybe. I think. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, four nights, five. No, it'd be f- three nights, four days. I was, I was in with the sepsis. Um. I just stayed in the extra day because I still wouldn't feel 100%. So what they advise you to do when you've got a temperature, um, that was how I kind of knew there was something wrong. Yeah. Um, you've got, as soon as you've got a temperature, you've pretty much to you know go straight to the ward because um, we're not having an immune system, whatever it may be, could be fatal. Uh, so I phoned straight away. They just told me to come straight in. Um, so I did the right thing when I went in straight away. Um, yeah. But, you know, towards the, the end of it, I was not you know, you feel kind of like a wee bit safe, if that makes sense, because I'm yeah. sure what was going on at that point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, you know, after I, I wasn't 100%, I didn't want to go home yet. So I was in for an extra day um, and then was was let out to go up, up back home. Um, and then after that was, I think I had a week off still um, from treatment. And then I went back the following week, but they decided that they were going to give me a half round uh, due to the sepsis. So it wasn't, you know, my liver had... So bad. Yeah, my liver and stuff like that, you know, wasn't functioning 100% and stuff like that. So they, they didn't want to, you know, just in case, hit it as hard as they had been. Yeah. Um, so they reduced the treatment to 50%. So, um, you know, the, the you know, still taking cannabis oil all the way through this point. And... Um, but, you know, in the hospital and stuff like that, I was able to <laughs> manage to sneak some in. Um, <laughs> he was good to me, um, my mum. <laughs> uh, Thank God for mum. Yeah, yeah. So, Thank God for mum. So, um, yeah, but then after that, I was let out and uh, sorry, I went for the, you know, the second round, uh, which was a half. Um, and after that, I was back for some scans. After the, the second round, which was reduced to 50%, um, and when I went for the scans, was magic day after that. Um, so, so, uh, so this is what we three weeks later, basically. Um, pretty much three weeks later. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
was 41 days, um, but you take away the 12 hours and then treatment, you know, right. to the scan. Right. And then I think they even take off, you know, I forget about the, the two weeks in between cycle one and a half cycle. Um, so, so you've you been to, so through throughout all the chemotherapy, well, so you've had basically had a one round of treatment, then half a round of treatment. Yep. But throughout this time, you're heavy dosing on the cannabis oil. And then you go in for some scans. And this is the miracle day. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the scan results came back. And what did they say? So when I went for my scans after my second round, which was half, I had another two weeks off. Um, but you always go for bloods two days before to check that everyone's functioning, you know, well again. I never ever had a problem with my bloods. They were always, you know, my counts were always good. Um, so, you know, I never had any problems, you know, going for my next round of treatment. So um, when I went for the, the bloods on the Monday, I think I went, I was due to go for the scans as well. Um, but the scan machine had broken, so they had sent me back or, you know, I, I, went, I didn't even get there. Um, and they told me to come back on the Tuesday. Um, when I'd done the scans on the Tuesday, um, I still, at this point, was going for treatment. So I had two days of treatment before they then eventually phoned me to tell me that I was negative um, on the scan results, but that was also done over the phone. So, you've been told four weeks before that you've got it. Now you've been told over the phone once again that it's gone. Yep. And How did you feel? Well, to be honest, when you're sitting in a waiting room full of people that are, you know, uh, terminal. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Was that? And that's what, oh, wow. Wow. And, and the phone you and tell you on the phone <laughs> and, and the waiting room. And, you know, and you're sitting yourself as well. So, Oh, uh, my God. Oh, my God. You're actually in the waiting room. Well, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they never uh, had me in to tell me anymore after that. Um, they just kind of left me for a couple of weeks, believe it or not, um, which was a bit... <laughs> I wasn't the uh, I wasn't the best pleased about it, so let's see. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, in with the the NHS service and they're having to do so many things a day. There's so many things going wrong, and people become so desensitized to other people's trauma. I mean, I dread to think how many people they have to in a day go. Oh, you're you've got this, you've got that, you've got, you know, and so it, it, I know you you can never you never really understand how that other person is on the phone that's getting that they've just got to do their job, haven't they? Yeah, it's just a job. Yeah, just you just, just a job. But for you, it's your whole life. Yeah, yeah. It's just as the most. It's the thing I could say that will most physically challenge you and mentally challenge you. Mm-hmm. Not most, but like you know, like it's, it, it, it does definitely put you through the paces, um, you know, and they and and they don't understand that because they've never had that diagnosis. And um, nobody understands, you know, obviously unless you've, you know, you kind of live that, you know, the experience. 
and um, you know yourself and um, so they just you know everyone's just a blank face and um, mm-hmm. so, you know as quick as you can get you out of the door so do they, so the doctors don't know you're taking oil at this first stage or do they uh to be fair i was pretty open about it to start off oh, with you were? Right. yeah 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 because I, I you know like i just wanted to be you know you know honest with them and you know just you know tell them that I'm, you know yeah I'm, stage four you know it's just you know it's like you're going to try everyone you do your research you know you hear about these things but you you never expect yourself to be you know sort of in that situation and um, so yeah i told them pretty much from the start and um, they never ever told me no i always yeah. say that so they never ever like you know put me off or discouraged me from you know doing it. Yeah, yeah yeah um and i was always open with them um not a lot of people know but you can become a medical patient in the uk you can yeah yeah, yeah. so um you know obviously where you know you know i went down the, 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 the that route as well um, uh-huh. like pharmacy and stuff like that i could speak to their pharmacy but they never ever you know really engaged in it Um, they never really you know they just never ever commented yeah just yeah they just kind of left it kind of like they're not allowed to yeah yeah you know in, in many ways they're like well yeah it works but you know yeah. we're we're not allowed to prescribe it yeah. or you know in that way like you said you can't you know it is medically it, you can be a medical patient in the uk now yeah. it won't it won't be long it won't be long we'll go the same way as the states it will yeah. happen it will happen in the end i do believe yeah. and because at the end of the day it's the benefits And all of these benefits, you know, and also, as we know, they'll want to make it legal so that they can make the money out of it. (laughs) When big farmers stop making money, they'll be like, oh, we're going to sell cannabis now. (laughs) It's funny you should say that because I always like to tell it, especially for the viewers, but like, believe it or not, the UK is the biggest exporters of cannabis in the world. Um, Are we? Yes. So that's. I did not know that. A simple Google search, you know, could tell you that, but uh, that's reported from governments around the world, um, and it's usually, you know, linked to a lot of like pharmaceutical medications that are cannabis based. So dry anabols, TBX, um, are used. I don't know that. I wouldn't have thought we had enough land, but we obviously have. Yeah, so so hush hush. <laughs> Amazing! That's incredible. So 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 they've given you the scans. And you're fully negative, and it's like I, I know I'm. I had a HIV, not a diagnosis of myself, but of a boyfriend who I was seeing, who was diagnosed with HIV in Ibiza, right. and then a year and a half later in Bristol was told actually he didn't have HIV, and it was negative. So although I wasn't actually getting the diagnosis, I was also told at the time. Yeah. That um, I was tested when he was first diagnosed in Ibiza, but I was told that if I caught it from him, I wouldn't know for six months. Yeah. So that waiting game that you were talking about earlier, about yeah. going, I was told, well, you, if if you've got it, you won't know yet. So you've got to come back in six months' time. Yeah. So I was literally like, all right okay then and carried on my Ibiza season as you do um unfortunately obviously in my situation I wasn't I wasn't ill you know this was just something that you know I maybe I had yeah thank god thank god thank god thank god that you know when we actually went for our test later on 
we were both negative and the whole Ibiza, you know, it was a completely wrong diagnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously for my boyfriend at the time, he'd been told he had it and he was ill. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, So it was a whole like, and just like for you, so one point you're told, oh my God, and your life flashes before you. Yeah. And then obviously it happened for you quicker, a lot quicker, because it's 21 days, isn't it, that, you know, that, yeah. that actually the scans are showing that you were clear within 21 days of the diagnosis. Yep, yep. So 21 days is the, the, the sort of, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's and so, you know, it's a little bit quicker, but it's that, that same, oh, my God, am I going to die? Oh, I'm not. Maybe I'm going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. I was just so quick. Like, everybody was so shocked as well. Like, even when I got the phone call, I still was like, you know, I was just like, yeah. you know, I didn't expect that phone call. That was, yeah. you know, I wasn't expected, you know, yeah. like, he'd come so soon. Um, yeah. So it was a bit of a shock. I'm like, and uh, it took a long time to get my head around things. Um, yeah, it's you know, not like you start dancing around having a party immediately. Yeah. So when they left me, you know, like I didn't actually have like any sort of face to face communication about, you know, like, you know, the next step or what the next you know, plan was I was already two days into my third round at this point. Uh, you know, like I've had... So you, you stopped the chemotherapy then? Uh, so I actually finished out. Oh, right. But I'd been informed, I reckon, you know, when the scans had come in before I'd started round three. You know, obviously things would have, you know, I would have, you know, realised what I'd done and, and, you know, I would have had the option to go for, you know, maybe the third or the fourth. But your head's so far, you know. So you, knew, you knew it was the you knew it was the oil that was working. Yeah, I knew it had to be the oil, you know, that had to, you know, give me that result. You didn't think it was just, you know, is it ever heard of that a couple of rounds of chemotherapy and it suddenly disappears? Nah, not no, nah. Nah. Not, no. not not like how it did for me. No. Uh, you no. know, like you know, going through six rounds of the same, you know, but like I say, I could have stopped it too. Um I could have been potentially provided. Do you wish you had? I wish I had. Yeah, I do regret a wee bit. I do regret not having that option um, because I did two rounds which were actually more in volume of treatment to hit something that wasn't there than what I did to take it away that was there. Which is madness in itself, isn't it? So I did an extra half round for, for, you know, over on top of what it took to because the doctors are telling, just because they're saying, they said, yeah, just because they said, oh, there could be a minute, a minute amount there, but it's, there's nothing there you can't see in. So, you know, but I was, you know, not given that option because of, you know, obviously the way that, you know, like things had happened, and uh, it was, yeah, it still plays on my mind to to this day. Um, about, you know, because if you, you know, you're taking these medications and things like that when it's not doing anything, or there's nothing there. You're going to build a tolerance to them. So, having said that, touch wood that, you know. And they are uh, so much of the problem I feel with the doctor's profession is they're so pre programmed, indoctrinated, as it were. You've got to do this. This is what you've got. Have this pill. This is the med- this is the uh, treatment that you've got to go through. And they're so kind of to t- t- robots, kind of, of that's what's got to be done. Yeah. That that they they they're really not kind of registering that other things are going on and you really need to be able to uh 
to assess things rather than just keep on throwing pills, keep on throwing treatment when often these things are not working or doing you worse. No, I'm not going to get started on <laughs> the whole thing that's going yeah, on yeah. with the whole world's doctor profession and big pharma and everything that's going on. But, you know, these people always trust the doctor that we've been grown up to believe and I'm not saying I don't trust any doctor and all doctors are bad and I've got nothing against the medical profession and all of those things but we are evolving and we are always learning and just because you were taught that thing doesn't mean that something new hasn't just come up and there's new scientific research and and this is where I feel that the doctor's profession are just kind of getting left behind. Yeah, big time. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on, you know, around about the world where to do all this like subject. There's there's events in Prague, and there's events in America, and and it's doctors and scientists and stuff like that that all talk about this. Mm. Um, same situation, same oil, same results for yeah. similar patients, and um, all around the world. It's 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 you know it's just so far behind here that we're you know we're not it just seems to be that we're just yeah we're not really incorporating into so which is ridiculous when we have things like not that i have a television i haven't had one for a good long while now but when we have things like a television with adverts saying everyone two and one people one in two people are going to get cancer in their lifetime um it's like cancer is kind of rammed down our face yeah. from everywhere you know to, you know from charity to everything yeah. obviously so many people have lost people suffered everything from cancer why aren't they heightening this you know this research i went on the uh, macmillan support um cancer support website and it's got all about cannabis oil on there yeah um but it's always got that but there hasn't been much research, and um, there's no not scientifically proven. I'm like, why mm, you didn't want to pay for the uh, pay for the science tick box that yeah. says actually this can be prescribed. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, and unfortunately, there's an awful lot of money in suffering. Yeah, yeah. Pain yeah. and to so suffer. I don't well. think Bill Gates wants us to be all well. No. And apparently, you know, and that and that's where we are. And we have to we have to be able to question the doctor's profession. We I've had loads of experience with different doctors and different things going on. And I think it's a really important and powerful part of this story that you've got is you went off and did your own research. And you were recommended and people reached out and you listened and you and you went and did it with no fear, obviously having, you know, no fear of cannabis or anything like that. Then you've gone for the full strength. You're not like, oh, I'm just going to do a little bit of cannabis oil because I don't want to get stoned or, you know, a little bit of CBD or something like that. You're going like, no, I know what's needed. This is this is the maximum strength i'm going to go for it and you've been brave enough to do that you've also been brave enough to be honest to tell the doctors that i'm doing this yeah um and 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 to be able to go actually 
looking back, there were, I wish I'd questioned the doctor more. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I would always say be more vocal um, if you're in that kind of environment and you are doing something like, you know, what I did um, to, you know, help yourself. Um, but it's all about giving yourself, you know, the best possible chance. I didn't really have too much to lose in, in my situation. Exactly. It's, you know, it's do or die, um, pretty yeah. much. Um, so, you know, I would always say question, you know, because I see people that have, you know, reach out, a lot of people reach out, you know, now and I pass on a lot of knowledge and stuff and people get a lot of results for themselves as well. That's uh, it. And so if you carried on, do you, do you take it regularly anyway now or um, do you carry I, on or? I should, but I, I've not been as much. <laughs> right. Uh, so I do get, I get, I do get. You know, my girlfriend gets on at me for it and my mum as well um, for not taking any, but I should, but it's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you just forget. It's just, you yeah, know, and that's the thing, though. As you get better, you need less medicine. Yep, yep. That's, you know, I, I always like to say, you know, I, you know, I need it. Touch wood. You know, it's going to do its job when I need it. Rather, mm. you know, so, you know, just taking it all the time. And you say you've had many people reach out to you and, and you've shared your story personally to a lot of people. I have to ask, did you did Michael Bibby get in contact with you in any way? He's never been in contact, but I've contact. reached a couple of times. So many people, for everybody that's listening and watching, so it's the same cancer, isn't it, that Michael's yeah, got? Similar. Uh, it's lymphoma as well, I think. But it's it's lymphoma cancer. Yeah, lymphoma as well. Yeah, but so definitely... Michael Beebe is a, is a big DJ yeah. in our DJ dance music industry world. And uh, sadly, he was quite fairly recently also diagnosed with lymphoma cancer. I also saw a black girl, you know, black, uh, black girl, white girl. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know them, but one of those I saw yesterday posted that she'd been diagnosed with leukemia. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of obviously... You know, there is a lot of turbo cancers that seem to be going around at the moment. Yeah. It's, you know, it's there's a lot of it. So, at the end of the day, we're not we're not here trying to um, say that you know don't follow the doctor's advice in any way. We're not medical professionals or any of those kind of things. But cannabis oil, full potent strength is what worked for Scott. Within 21 days of stage four lymphoma cancer, that is what has fully changed everything, defied the medical profession. Um, And, you know, you've carried on having tests since then. Yep, yep. So we've got to for regular checkups. But for viewers that don't know, like, um, for, you know, obviously the science behind, you know, how cannabis works. Yeah. And- stuff like that and um, you have an endocannabinoid system which controls all your main systems in your body and um, you know uh, a guy I reached out to actually uh, Raphael McQuillan um, from Israel he was a scientist that discovered the endocannabinoid system and he has you know success with treating children and you know cancers and um, side effects chemotherapy and um, he recently just passed away actually and um, believe it or not um, but he was you know his work was well respected within the field but he was the you know, the founder of the endocannabinoid system, which right. supports all your, you know, your immune system, your nervous system, your, you know, etc. I think there's, I think there's twenty in total. I think I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but yeah. um, you know, it supports, you know, it feeds CBD one receptor, CBD two receptor, and it, you know, creates homostasis, which is 
putting the body back into balance because what happens when the body is out right. of, the body's not well it's you know it's out of balance so and this is what it's this is doing. why it supports the immune system and it puts the body back into balance and this is why it helps so many conditions there's so many conditions so many conditions and there really is no side effects really is there not that I'm aware of, no, not none, you know, negative. And, um, you know, just always, you know, here's, you know, good reports that, you know, like people, you know. I, I saw on the Macmillan um, um, website, it said, you might get stoned <laughs> as a side effect. <laughs> just maybe, all right. <laughs> it's like, if I've got cancer, I'm going to be happily stoned. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so so yeah so you, you know there is no side effects yeah. um I mean, there's also i have to say you know you know not everybody's as responsive as other people when it comes to taking you know the medication you know medication not everybody is you know is successful but you know people do get you know the benefits from right. it and at, at some sort and some sort yeah, of we're not saying it's a miracle cure and it's that's it, it's going to cure cancer. Everybody is different at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. also these other things that you were putting into your place, so you're changing your diet, eating so, well. You went part vegan, didn't you? Yeah, I went part vegan and uh, just, you know, changed out as much uh, meat and stuff like that. Um, I cut out, you know, the processed meats. Um, mm -hmm. And then I also cut out a lot of sugars because um, I used to drink four cans of Coke a day some days. Um, so, Coca-Cola is the cancer killer, mate. Yeah, uh, well, Coca-Cola you know, is the Coca-Cola is the, uh, the 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 bad the the worst possible, probably poison that has been poisoning yeah. us all for a long time. Yeah, two point um, second, two point six on the acidic scale, so it's it's pretty acidic. Um, it really is. And, uh, so it, ro it rots your teeth. Yeah. It rots your insides. It, ro it it really does. You drink too much of that shit. It's yeah. bad, bad, bad. Yeah, 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 but they always. I know a good point I like to make. But they always, you know, tell you that you know, you know, sugar doesn't feed, you know, or it doesn't feed on it. But it, it does because it's how a PET scan works. So how a PET scan works is FDG, which is just radiated glucose, um, and when they inject that into your body before you go for the scan, it sticks to all the cells because potentially it's sticking to all the bad cells because they're feeding on it. Right. So when you get a machine that's called Warburg effect for viewers. Right. It's it's Warburg effect. You can find this out on you know Google. But basically it's fascinating. I find it absolutely fascinating. Yeah feel a cancer cell switch its full metabolic response to glucose um which I think uh cancer cells help holds uh is it fifteen times more glucose than any other cell. Um, oh, really? So, so every, you know, piece of sugar potentially, you know, feeds, you know. Sugar gives you cancer, basically. Just feeds, yeah, it just grows on, 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 on sugar. Mutation, it mutates in, you know, I mean, it's, it's toxins, isn't it, basically? So, you know, yeah. and there's so much in alcohol, obviously, in all of the energy drinks, in the pop, all of these kind of things that, is the liquids that are actually just really sugary sweet drinks that we're drinking mostly yeah, yeah. um and then there's obviously all the you know the tins and the packets and all of these things that have got all of the, <clears throat> the salt and the sugar and all of those kind of things in it now i know that um our bodies we can get rid of 
a certain amount of toxins normally as we have to we can you know they 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 move through us but if we're overloading our body with shit loads of toxins i.e loads of coca-cola loads of beer loads of all of this kind of stuff then it can't get rid of the toxins quick enough and it starts to leak into our actual you know through our gut yeah and No, you can see I'm a I'm not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite blatant. I know you're spot on. No, you're right. It's in my gut. But it is, yeah. You know, it starts to go into your actual, you know, your other organs and all of this kind of thing because there's so much toxins yeah. in your body that you can't get rid of it. Yeah, well, your gut's, you know, 70% of your immune system. So you think every time you're eating, you know, like we ox excessively overeat, but you look at what's in your food, you know, everyone, you know, like I say, vegan, I went organic as well. And um, so if you look, you know, like, you know, it's, garlic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, organic. So, um, oh, organic, sorry. Organic, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, just go to a local shop, local farm shop, buy organic uh, fruit and veg because a lot of stuff's spread. Um, you know, to keep bugs away is, yeah, uh, for extended shelf life because we import a lot of fruit and veg. Um, exactly. You buy from wash it if you've got, if you're not getting organic, making sure you're washing it. Yeah. Or yeah. Like me, I've got my uh, vegetable patch outside and grow yeah, as much as I possibly can these days. Old school, you know, you don't you don't change it if it's worked before. You know that's the problem. We don't just... get better than the taste when you are. If you even if you've got a little window box, you can still grow a load of herbs, and herbs are really really good for you. Yeah, yep, I love you know fresh herbs, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Making sure they make your bro- everything work properly. Yeah, you get nine we... times more, you know, benefit for something that's organic. You exactly. Know, organic than you do like for some that's you know like sprayed or you know, can't just eat McDonald's and think you're not going to get cancer, can you? Nah, that's it, exactly. Nah. <laughs> Whereas like I used to have like you know maybe two of them a week as well. Do you know what I mean? At times, so like it was you know like fast food living. Just I mean I was always like a, you know I wasn't I was sporty and stuff like that before, but I wouldn't say you know I looked after myself in terms of what I put in myself. You know like eating. You know I was you know drinking, smoking a lot of sugar. You know like. Just, it's been a big health lesson. Oh, big time. I haven't felt any better than I have right now eating how I do, um, I would say. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a big lifestyle change, which is exactly what you need in this situation because you can't, you know, do the same thing and expect the same results. You have to be doing something wrong somewhere to give us, especially at 29, you know, everybody's starting their life in my age, you know, like I was... You know, it's such a young it's it's such a young age to have to deal with that kind of diagnosis. But I'm I believe it can also be the most life changing um thing for you as to the fact if you've got you've gone through it and you've learned you've it's it's kind of like having a near death experience. Yeah, it's it's living with mortality. Um, I think, you know, if I'd been, I always say to people, if I'd been diagnosed two years prior at the time of COVID, I wouldn't have been given any treatment. I think I got diagnosed two days before on the date to when they started to say, like, you know, you can't have any treatment because of COVID. Right. Uh, so, you know, like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just, I was a big, like, you know, are you just living with it there? You know, that mortality all the time. It's, you know, it never really leaves you. And you yeah. know, even after you feel better, it's just 
it's a, it's a, it's a real yeah it's a life-changing a near-death oh. experience a life-changing experience you know it's the same thing because it you do you suddenly realize that, oh shit i'm not invincible yeah yeah it's so dramatic like the whole experience that's why i keep saying it to everybody it's just you don't want to have to live what I've lived. You want to look after yourself as much as you can because, you know, it's, it's, it is an experience. That's all I can say. It's, it's not one you want to live. If, you can, if, it can no, be, if it can be cured, it can be prevented. Um, exactly that. So nobody talks about prevention. Nobody talks about, you know, investing money into prevention. Like charity is done talk about prevention. They just talk about finding a cure, you know, mm. You what know, about the prevention? Yeah. What about the prevention? Like the sugary drinks and that little bit, you know, cut, you know, warning people, you know, all this kind of stuff and that bit. You know, they never admit, they never. Yeah, it's not being done. That. It's not being done yet. So. Yeah, we, we shouldn't be getting cancer. No. You know, it's a man made disease. Yeah. Well, I was one in 25. I can't remember exactly when it was, but it wasn't, you know, too long ago, 30, 40 years ago. It was one in 25. Now it's one in two. You know, it's yeah. one's it be one in one. Everybody's then. Yeah, so, and what's the difference? Yeah. What What's the difference from then to now? Yep. Fast food, like you said, you know, yeah. it's the it's the fast fast paced eating out, delivery, drinking, high life. You know that kind of. Or it's not even that high life. It's excessive. Yeah, yeah, just excessive. No, kind yeah. of like over consuming all of the time. And it whether it be over consuming, over consuming um, social media, which is also not good for your nervous system. I, you know, everything that we're over consuming from from beer to drugs to yeah, so yeah. all kinds of things. Um, but especially this food that, we're, you know, they think some people can think that they buy a new a Nutri bar and it's nutritious. Yeah, it yeah. isn't. It's a bar of sugar. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and that's, that's where that's where this whole deception of, you know, the Coca-Cola generation, you know, don't get me started on prime. You know, mm. these things are not good for our bodies. You know, they're really not. I'm not saying one, you know, a, one can of prime once a week probably is not going to harm you. Yeah. But if you're, you know, or a can of Coke once a week, it's probably not going to harm you. Yeah. I mean, every... three or four cans a day and and the beer and the wine and the shit food and all the sugary food and the salty food or the just the excessive food, all of these things add up to all of these things that we consume that do make us ill. Yeah. yeah. It's just a lot of today where, you know, like I always say, like now like check the ingredients. Or sort of like you know what's in the food, like see what chemicals are in it, rather than checking the protein and the content and the, you know, like yeah. read the how many e numbers? Yeah, just like a lot of oils. It's the oils that are the worst for us because they're you know like polyfats. Palm, palm oil is it? Palm oils, seed yeah. uh, oils, stuff like that. They're all yeah. uh, omega threes, omega sixes. Uh, but when they are exposed to like you know you know heat or you know air or, or light, they, they they lose their double bond, but they mm. also the polyfats as well yeah. um so they're really bad for your cellular structure basically they just yeah it's not something that you should be allowing you know your body's like what's this you know it's feeding on some of these things have got so much like flavors and you know all these kind of things and that that people didn't realize as well because they actually taste so bad 
Mm. We are what we, we are what we eat. We are what we eat. Yeah. We are what we consume. And it's um, you know, it's it's a great message to be able to, you know, yes, there is something that that can really help a lot of people if it's not just um with symptoms, but well, I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's sticking again. If we're sticking for a minute, I am sorry. The producer has just told us some sticking. I don't think it's me. I think it's probably Rumble. But anyway, we're uh, coming to the end anyway. Um, just throwing me off completely. Where was I? Um, cannabis oil can help so many different um, uh, conditions. It's obviously 21 days. It's changed the worst diagnosis, well, the worst diagnosis to to something that your life's back on track and you're ready to rock again. Yeah. Um. Uh, but really and truly, that the real strong message also is is in that prevention. Um. I mean, you know, there's been a few messages. You know, question the doctor, keep on asking, keep on asking and keep on asking. Also in that prevention of, you know, you can't say what it was that was the reason that you ended up there, but you are quite open and honest to the fact that you were drinking four cans of Coke a day and and not yeah. it, having a healthy, balanced living. It's not, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that we all have to be angels and everything. Everybody knows that, you know, I love a party like as much as the next yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, but it is about that balance. Yeah. 80 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All about the balance. I know. You know, you don't want to deprive yourself and you know, live you know, like that, you know, all the time. You know, for somebody that's been in my situation, it, it's hard to switch off to it because you didn't want it. Everything's all about not being back in that trauma. Everything's been being not back in that situation. So like you have to, you know, do what you know is best for you by looking after yourself. Yeah, and finding purpose in that trauma is a big part of um, something that can really help us heal, all of us. You know, and purpose in that trauma of being able to pass on that message that hopefully can help other people heal. I always say if we can save one life, we've done we've done a good job. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the idea. You know, every time you tell a story, hopefully save one life. That's beautiful, Scott. And thank you very, very, very much. It's lovely to see you looking so healthy. And uh, lovely to have a proper chat because it's the longest chat we've ever had, yeah. isn't it? Uh, so it's been it's been a long time, so it's been a good catch up. Yep, yep. <laughs> Normally there's a load of other DJs going, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, where can so people can find you on Facebook, on Instagram at Mendes. Uh, you know, UK, yeah, Mendes UK, Mendes Music for Instagram, and Mendes um, UK for Facebook and, and Twitter, and Twitter as well. Or X, or X, yeah, X, <laughs> <laughs> um, or Scott Mendes as well on Facebook as well. Excellent. Um, and this podcast is going to go out on all of the normal channels, so it's now, now up on Rumble. Thank you to everybody who's been listening on Rumble. Uh, everybody that's been listening on iStream Radio, it will go out on Spotify, Apple, all of the normal streaming channels. Um, if you would like to support me and all of us to help at, at iStream to help us carry on making good 
podcasts and sending out some good stories, which is what you want to do. You can support me by buying me an espresso martini on buy me a coffee forward slash Sasha Ice Dream. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, I would love to carry on our cannabis conversations. You can be my uh, top guru for cannabis conversations in the Intuition podcast. So I hope you are, yeah. I can uh, have you on again soon. Yeah, we'll see you on again. Yep. But yeah, for now, thank you ever so much, Scott. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you're happy and healthy. And I look forward to you to getting some music back on the radio station soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the next step. Yep. Good. I look forward to the next mix. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Lots of love. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody. That's it for tonight. And uh, we will see you next time.